Bookman Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Sunday, late afternoon, early evening, what, whatever you want to call it, about 5.20 on Sunday after the Nuggets beat the Los Angeles Lakers sans LeBron James final score 129-118. This game was not looking great. At the outset, there were some really ugly plays at the very beginning. Definitely not something that I was thinking Nuggets fans would be super pumped about. But after the first quarter, the Nuggets won the second quarter, tied the third quarter, and won the fourth quarter big. It was a big, big deal. And they were able to pull out the win, able to get a a victory that cuts the magic number on the playoff seeding down to two. I will explain that more in the third segment, but for now, what a game from Nikola Jokic. What a game in a bounce-back performance from Will Barton. What a strong performance from Aaron Gordon. All three of those guys really carried the day for the Nuggets, and I thought the bench also had a really good day overall, too. There were some rotation changes due to some absences. There were some interesting decisions made on defensive schemes, on on how the Nuggets were going to attack in a variety of ways. But beyond everything, this was a game where Denver, in a Sunday matinee, they got off to a slow start. They really, really struggled at the beginning. Jokic looked hungover. The entire starting lineup looked pretty disjointed and disfigured in a lot of ways. And Jokic finishes the first quarter with five turnovers. Despite the fact that he had, I think, 10 points and 7 rebounds or something like that, and was doing some good things overall, this was not the Jokic that you were hoping for. This was not the Jokic that the Nuggets were hoping for. But he ultimately figures it out, does some different things in the second, third, and fourth, and just outlasts Dwight Howard, Anthony Davis, and everything that the Los Angeles Lakers were trying to throw at him. Anthony Davis had a really, really strong first half. Had a pretty good third quarter. Then in the fourth quarter, really, really slowed down. And that's when Jokic really kicked it into high gear. And it's just one of those things where Jokic in past years would have ran out of gas against a team like the Lakers, where he had to bump and out-physical them them and, and keep up on defense and try to do a whole bunch of different things. This year, he's not that. This year, he's a guy who gets better as the game goes on continues to just bash the the door down for the Lakers defense and did it in kind of a brute force way, but also in a very beautiful and uh, roundabout way in getting other guys involved, but also just like working off ball and doing a lot of different things that were in a very helpful way to get the Lakers defense moving and in rotation and in places where they weren't comfortable. Jokic was fantastic. After the first quarter, if you just take out the five turnovers that he had and re- and like bring it down to like three, that doesn't become a storyline for the entire rest of the game. But ultimately, Jokic finishes with, in 33 minutes, 38 points on 15 of 22 from the field. He shot 0 of 3 from 3, but did get a 3 that was changed to a 2 to drop. So he did hit an outside jumper, and that was good to see. 8 of 11 from the free throw line, 18 rebounds, including 17 on the defensive end, 
Nobody else had more than six defensive rebounds. And there are a lot of people that had one. Six assists, three steals, two turnovers, was a plus seven and an 11-point win. He was great. He was, he was frankly very, very, very good. And if you just knock away a couple of the turnovers, like I said, in the first quarter, then it looks even better. But the thing that really stands out is that he deed up Anthony Davis down the stretch too. Anthony Davis finishes with 28 points on 25 shots. And there were a lot of those shots that Jokic was contesting really, really well. And, and it was pretty clear that Davis was hampered during this game, that he had injured something again. But I don't know. That's just who Anthony Davis is. So I'm not really going to give him credit for fighting through injury or anything like that when that's all he's ever had to do for his entire career. Davis wasn't at his best. Jokic was down the stretch. And it's just very clear who the better big man is at this stage. And despite the fact that Davis got him on a couple plays, was able to really uh, disrupt him at various points, came over for a weak side block and, and stole the ball away from Jokic one time. Jokic outplayed him. And that was the biggest deal in all of this, is that they needed Jokic to dominate in the way that he has over the course of this entire year. But frankly, the last five games, Denver's gone four and one in their last five. And some of these numbers that Jokic just puts up are absurd. Here in reverse order, 38 points, 18 rebounds, six assists. 38 points, 19 rebounds, eight assists. 37 points, 13 rebounds, 9 assists. 26 points, 19 rebounds, 11 assists. 35 points, 12 rebounds, 8 assists. He has basically contributed about 50 points between points and, and created points by assists every single game over the course of this past five. And the rebounding that he's doing this at is such an insane level. He grabs the board he makes sure to control the defensive glass. Denver's been one of the best in the league at controlling the defensive glass for the entire season. And Jokic is the biggest reason why. He takes that personally. He makes sure that that is the one thing that he... like. If, if you're looking at the biggest way where Jokic has grown as a player this year, he's added three rebounds per game to his totals. And that's such a big, big deal. Like, nobody does that. That's just a very random thing when the minutes don't drastically change. Three extra rebounds per game. And it's because he's taking a vested interest in doing the best thing that he can do to help the team win. Denver's one of the best rebounding teams in the NBA, especially on the defensive glass. And Jokic is the biggest reason why, of course. So, credit to Nikola. Going to talk MVP in the in the last segment too, but this was just another game on ABC where Giannis didn't play well in the first game. Like he had like 28 points, but it was 22 for a while, and and the other stats just weren't there. Jokic dominated, and though it started off pretty slowly, if everybody was watching that game from start to finish, they would have seen the impact that Jokic had, and so I am expecting these narratives to continue to shift and that Jokic who was leading in the race for a while is now going to start running away. 
Let's talk other starters. Let's talk Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon absolutely deserves a lot of credit for this one. He spent time guarding Anthony Davis, and he spent time guarding Russell Westbrook. And it wasn't his best showing on Russell Westbrook. I don't think that that was like, that's not the thing that stands out to me when watching him. But I did like what he did on Anthony Davis. I thought that he had a lot of great moments forcing him into some tough shots, especially late. Jokic also defended Anthony Davis when when Davis was at the five. But when Davis was at the four, Gordon was guarding him, and he guarded him really, really well. But in addition to that, Gordon brought it on the offensive end. And in the first half, I think he had 18 first half points, finished with 24, 24 points on 9 of 14 from the field, 3 of 5 from 3, 3 of 4 from the line, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, 0 turnovers, had a block as well. I don't remember who it was on, but it was a good block. I I just I can visualize the block, but I can't visualize who he blocked. Uh, but he was a plus 14 in 37 minutes in this game, in a game that the Nuggets won by 11 points. That is huge. And with the way that he was utilized, staggering with the bench, I'm going to talk about him a little bit more in the second segment too, because he deserves that. But he's one of those guys that the Nuggets have needed to step up. Barton has not been able to for the most part. I will get to him next. But Gordon is capable. He is athletic. He is strong. He is talented. He's one of those guys that when Jokic goes off the floor or has a bad game, that Gordon should be able to take up more of the slack. And of late, he has done exactly that. He's been one of the biggest reasons why the Nuggets have remained in it in so many of these late games. And so I've just been really impressed with Gordon overall. There are some things that like sometimes he'll go spacey at various points and, and not necessarily make all of the plays. But he made 90% of the plays tonight and was just everywhere, uh, scoring the basketball, ranging around defensively, grabbing rebounds himself. Like, think about this. Jokic grabbed 18 rebounds. Aaron Gordon grabbed eight. The next highest total was three. Gordon was such a big deal tonight on, on the glass and his ability to be physically overpowering for the opposing team is just massive. So, so massive. Let's talk about Will Barton. What a bounce back from Will Barton. I Look, everybody knows I have been giving Will the benefit of the doubt for a long, long time because over the course of seven years, you earn that benefit of the doubt. I, I don't think that a lot of people appreciate this enough. He has had low points in previous years, and he has bounced back from those. It wasn't looking good after Friday. It was really looking bad. He was dead and buried by fans and us analysts. I listened to podcasts. I I recorded my own. He was awful in that game. So to see him respond in a game where the Nuggets absolutely needed the jumpstart was so, so big. And where it started, I think, was in the, the last eight seconds of the first half, because he wasn't playing well in the first half up until the last eight seconds, where he received an open pass in the corner, took one rhythm rhythm jumper, hit a three-pointer, and then Russell Westbrook goes the length of the court and dunks the ball in front of Aaron Gordon. And then with two seconds left, 
the ball gets chucked out to Will Barton at half court, and he takes a desperation three and is fouled and hits all three free throws to take the Nuggets from down two to up one at the half. And those six points that Will Barton accumulated in about eight seconds of game time, it was such a big deal because then it got him rolling. He got to see the ball go through the basket and he hit some jumpers. Uh, he hit some uh, He hit some runners. But more, more importantly, he hit six out of eight from three. Six out of eight. He hasn't been shooting as efficiently with that volume in a long, long time. And to see him put all of those shots to bed, especially in the fourth quarter, because he did it in the third, but he also did it in the fourth. Such a big deal. I want Will Barton to succeed, and I hope Nuggets fans also want Will Barton to succeed, because if he is good, that means the Nuggets are probably great. They've been able to get to 47 and 32 on the season, in like in most part because Jokic has been absolutely incredible. But even though Barton has been inconsistent, imagine if he was giving a reasonable 20 points per game during the playoffs. He has the talent. He has the shooting capability to do that. If he's left open, he should let it fly. He should stay aggressive. Because his ability to hit those shots, it helps out Nikola. It helps out Aaron Gordon. It helps out Monte Morris. Helps out all of those guys. It's one of the reasons why Nuggets annualist Nuggets fans were very excited about his position within the Murray, Porter, Gordon, Jokic quartet that became a quintet because his responsibilities at that point would be so much easier and so much more realistic for him to achieve and then like exceed expectations. So the fact that he was able to do this in this moment when Monte Morris had six points on one of nine from the field, when Jamichael Green, who started the game, had 12 minutes, two points, four fouls. That is a big deal. All of the burden was on Jokic, Barton, and Gordon to score the basketball. And they combined for what? That's 62. That's 87 points. 87 points between the three of them. Gotta properly credit Will Barton, who hit some very, very important shots. There was one specific action where he was basically running a flare. Uh, like uh, I think Aaron Gordon was setting the flare screen so that they could set up that slip to Aaron Gordon in the middle of the paint. But the Lakers were getting stuck on the screen, and Jokic would pass the ball in kind of this like half-looping, half-direct pass to the corner for Will. And he hit those shots with regularity and consistency. That is such a big deal. It takes so much pressure off of everybody else. And I want Nuggets fans to be happy for Will Barton, to be happy for a player who's been going through hell over the course of these last couple months. Part of it is self-made. Part of it is because the defense isn't always there. I thought his defense was fine tonight. Or at least fine enough that the Nuggets were okay. But the offense, when you hit 25 points on 12 shots, you deserve a lot of credit. So I'm giving it to him now. Monte Morris, like I mentioned, six points, one of nine from the field. But here's the kicker. He had 10 assists, and he did a really good job of setting the table for Jokic and for the other starters and for Bones and guys like that. 
did a really nice job of making sure that everybody got involved, even if his individual scoring wasn't there. And look, he's had some really, really strong scoring moments. Like he had, I think, 24 points on 12 shots last game, 23 on 12 shots last game. So I want to give him credit where credit's due, despite the fact that the shot wasn't there. I thought he played well. I do think that he's more of a liability defensively than I think has been discussed. I think one of the reasons why fans don't necessarily call him out for some defensive concerns is because they know that he can't do it. But that doesn't mean that he shouldn't continue to step up. So look, he got two he got two steals and one block tonight, and I'm happy that he was able to do that. I just hope that as Aaron Gordon is pulled into a million directions over the course of the playoffs to try to defend every single player that's hot, somebody else is going to have to step up with perimeter defense. Maybe Monte can do that. And finally, Jeff Green was out due to personal reasons. Jermichael Green started in his place, I mentioned, 12 minutes, 2 points, 4 fouls. Jermichael Green was a minus 14 in a game the Nuggets won by 11. And part of that was just because he was on the floor the majority of the first quarter where the Nuggets really struggled, where Jokic really struggled. But even in the second quarter and then in the third when he was briefly out there, his minutes were just not that great. He only had one rebound, and that to me says a lot just about where he, like, not necessarily where he's at, but just in the fit of it tonight, today. It just wasn't great. It doesn't mean that it can't be good going forward, but I am uh, curious to see what happens with Jeff Green because out due to personal, ran off the floor on Friday night in the face of what was a, a personal absence for him. So hopefully he, his family, whoever is doing okay. And if he's out going forward, then Jamichael Green's just going to have to step up and the Nuggets are going to need him because they're already shorthanded in terms of big bodies, without Porter, without Zeke Naji. So going to see what they could do and what they need at the forward position. Let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to get back to the bench unit and, and a, a surprisingly good bench performance, I think. But first, this podcast, as everybody knows, it is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. I love DraftKings. I think they do a very fantastic job with incorporating new customers into everything that they do. And Nuggets fans, if you're interested in getting in on the action, the NCAA tournament is wrapping up. And I think that if you're looking for a college basketball prospect, uh, one of like Kansas is number 30. Uh, I don't I don't want to pronounce his name because I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher it, but Ochai Agbaji or something like that. He is a very interesting wing prospect that will probably go before Denver ultimately selects, but he's a very talented player, would be a very good fit for the Nuggets. And if you're watching Kansas, you're watching North Carolina, Armando Baycott, uh, Brady Manick, who's got the, the massively fun beard, that should be a fun national title game. And I'm looking forward to watching it with each and every one of you. So, But if you're interested in getting in on the action, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers $200 in free bets as long as you bet five. You bet $5, collect $200 in free bets if, if your team wins, 
whether it's North Carolina, whether it's Kansas, a lot of fun opportunities for DraftKings Sportsbook users. You can also combine multiple bets together with same game parlays where the more legs you add, the more money you win. You find something good in the first half, find something good in terms of the number of threes that a player hits or a team hits, or whether it's just the, the simple point margin. You can absolutely bet on whatever you want over at DraftKings. But if you're interested, make sure to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win. Get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code MHS. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Wager paid out in site. Credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. All right, folks, welcome back. Big Axe and Roll, Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you could, it would be awesome if you could rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast, Apple Star, not Apple Stars, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. Five stars would be fantastic. Um, always love it when people share out the program, when people say that they listen to the pod. Makes me feel good. Makes me feel all funny and, and lovely inside. It's great. All right, let's get into the bench offense. Let's get into the bench defense. And and there are some there are some factors here that I think Nuggets fans were expecting, but also not necessarily expecting to, to really bounce back. Uh, Denver went with a nine-man rotation today, and I thought it was absolutely the right decision. You do not want to expand the rotation in a situation where you're already playing small, you're already trying to do a whole bunch of different things with a, a reduced supporting cast in general. But Aaron Gordon, as I mentioned before, rotated in and and staggered with that second unit to play some big minutes with that group as the bench power forward. And a lot of that was because Jeff Green, out due to personal reasons, Jermichael Green only played 12 minutes, might have been a little bit different had those guys been available. But you take what you need and and you, you just have to win the game no matter what. And Aaron Gordon was a great decision to bring in off the bench and just absolutely killed it. He was so, so important in his minutes as a floor spacer, but also as just a a physical presence getting downhill when he needed to, rebounded a couple misses offensively. Uh, Like I mentioned, just a a plus 14 in his 37 minutes. That's a big deal, and it says a lot to me about the level of impact that he had. I buried DeMarcus Cousins prior to today, and and just after his last performance, he was just so, so bad in the Minnesota game. And he deserved to be buried, frankly. Like, that's just not how you need to respond in situations like they had. Well, rather than kind of sit on his hands and not necessarily bounce back, he absolutely did. He responded in a very healthy way. I thought, where he, in 15 minutes, shot the ball nine times, only two threes, didn't necessarily spend a whole bunch of time out on the perimeter, 
and was very much more focused on attacking Wenyan Gabriel. He went at Anthony Davis. He went at any switches that he had and did a nice job of being an interior presence for a Nuggets team that absolutely needed it against the Lakers. 14 points, 6 of 9 from the field. 6 of 7 from 2, by the way. 2 of 3 from the free throw line, 3 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 block. Was a plus 4 in his minutes, which means plus 4 in the minutes that Jokic didn't play. Already a great sign. Already great. Bones Highland, in his minutes, he was he was the guy that I think Malone used the most judiciously other than maybe Gordon. He was brought in with about, I think, four and a half minutes left to go in the first quarter and then played the entire rest of the first half, about 16 to 17 minutes. Then sat the first two minutes of the third quarter. Jermichael Green picks up a fourth foul and Malone immediately brings him in, slides Aaron Gordon to the four, Will Barton to the three, and brings in Bones Highland to play next to Monte Morris. And I thought that that was a great call because his energy was just really positive. It was it was directed in a very positive and, and effective way. 10 points tonight, 4 of 9 from the field, 1 of 6 from 3. He went 3 of 3 inside the arc and 1 of 6 outside the arc. So the shooting might be dropping off just a little bit. He had that 2 of 12 game last game. He's had some lower tier shooting performances over the course of these past couple. But I do think that he's improving as a player overall. 10 points, 4 assists, 2 steals, certainly doing a lot. One turnover was a plus 11 in his 27 minutes and in an 11-point win. And you want to tell me that he wasn't the reason that they that they won tonight? Fine, but I thought that in his minutes he was running the show stabilizing things pretty well. And the the one play that I want to draw everybody's attention to was the the layup that he went right at AD on. I can't remember if he had made a play on the defensive end prior to that, but he got the ball in transition with a head uh with a full full head of steam. And Aaron Gordon was kind of on his on his wing but it's slightly behind him. He had another player on the other side of the court. Don't remember who it was. But he attacked Anthony Davis in transition. And was Anthony Davis a little bit hampered? Yes. It's pretty clear that he was laboring, for sure. Did Bones still attack him and still make sure that he got himself all the way to the rim with an acrobatic, awesome finish? Absolutely. And to see him go at one of the most feared shot blockers and rim protectors in the entire NBA... I think is a really, really big deal. And he could have screwed that up. He could have botched the lay-in, but it was just so swaggy. It was so, it was so impressive to see him in that moment take that level of shot and then with that degree of difficulty. He hit a three early in the in the first half, I believe, and just, just was a massively important piece for what the Nuggets continued to do. And just I've been so impressed with him over the course of these past few games. Davon Reed, shout out to Davon Reed, right? Like this is a guy who has been on a two-way contract now for a while. He's in and out of the rotation, playing different spots. He's he split time at small forward and power forward tonight. 
And his mentality never never really changes. He never steps outside the box, never does anything too insane, always just tries to do his job. And he didn't do his job on Friday. Not going to like overcredit him here. But he did his job tonight. Three of four from the field, two of two from three, two of two from the line, 10 points, plus eight, uh, two assists, two steals, had some good moments on the defensive end. Did have some bad moments on the defensive end, so it wasn't a perfect game by any stretch of the word. But I do think that as he continues to grow, as he continues to improve, he's going to be a player that the Nuggets are going to want to hold on to. (coughs) Excuse me. And as he continues to get better, the Nuggets could use him more judiciously next season. Uh, his, His contract is running out. And he's not going to be able to make an impact in the playoffs, I don't think, because he's on that two-way contract. I don't think he's allowed to be on the floor. So these are his last few games. And as long as he's out there providing good impact, I think that that's a, it's a great thing that Denver's using him because he's helping them get wins. And if he if he doesn't perform, then sure, take him out. But on a night like tonight, where you didn't have Jeff Green, you didn't have... Monte more not Monte. Uh, Jamichael Green goes to the bench with four fouls in twelve minutes. Davon Reed had to step up, and he was a big deal in that fourth quarter too, where he's switching onto various players, doing a pretty good job of walling up in the paint, not giving away any ground. And is he going to be a true power forward? No, but him playing next to Aaron Gordon and Aaron Gordon doing some of the big man duties, it allowed Davon Reed to flourish. Just a little bit. So really impressed with him. I think that he's going to be a big part of what the Nuggets do next year. And finally, Austin Rivers. This wasn't his best game by any stretch of the word, but he also played 23 minutes and only took one shot, uh, one rebound, one assist, was a plus 10. Didn't hear anybody complaining about Austin Rivers today, which was hilarious because he was a plus 10 tonight, plus or minus 17 last game. And basically had the same stat line. It's pretty objectively funny. Um, But I do think that he's always going to give his all on the defensive end. He's always going to try to make the most of his minutes. And having somebody that takes... He takes it seriously. And that's something that, as Denver's perimeter defense has been so bad over the course of the entire season, having... Rivers set a good example. It has earned him a place in the playoff rotation almost no matter what. And I've just been very impressed with how he's conducted himself, how he's handled this responsibility. And he hasn't let it get to him in a way that I think other guys might have struggled with. So he got called for a couple BS fouls, I think, today. One of them, especially on Westbrook, was really, really bad. Um, But hey, you, you live with it. And as long as he's making things difficult for the opposing team's best scorers, then more power to him. Really strong win. Really, really strong win for Denver. Uh, This is one of those games that it could have gone the other direction with the way that it started. With the way that the starters began things, that Jokic began things, the bench could have let it get to them. And the fact that they didn't, the fact that they gave it right back to the Lakers, basically kept Denver in it for much of it while Jokic kind of figured out his stuff. It was a big deal. And then they pushed the lead over the top in the fourth quarter. 
And it's just one of those things. You're going to remember this, that the, the bench for the first half of the season was just atrocious, very rarely a positive. At least in the second half of the season, it's been up and down. You have the bad games like you did against Minnesota. There have been some bad games, especially recently from the bench unit, but more than anything, they are capable of these kinds of performances. It was really, really nice to see. Let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to talk about how all is not lost after the Friday loss. And now that you see a win, I think that comes into perspective really, really nicely. We'll be right back. back final segment pickaxe and roll thank you so much everybody for tuning in as always appreciate all the love and support all right a sigh of relief everybody take a deep breath life is not over after the nuggets struggled just a little bit against minnesota and there were some some really big statements that were made in that game and i don't think those things are untrue I think that Denver is one of the weaker playoff teams in the field right now. I think that they're one of the teams that is not prepared for the playoffs in the way that they need to. Uh, the fact that they struggled with the Lakers in this game without LeBron James, I think, says a lot that they aren't necessarily fully ready to go as a team. They haven't been able to deliver a full-time win for a long time. I think that the the Milwaukee game stands out as one of those games that back in late January, Denver was able to really dominate a really, really good basketball team. But it's been a while. It's been a while since that game. Been a while since the, the two Miami games early in the season. And I just, I think that there are some things to be concerned about for sure. But with all that being said, Denver has taken care of business, and they have done so to the degree that their magic number for a top six seed in the West, a playoff spot guaranteed, has dropped to two with three games left to go. Had they won against Minnesota, they would be in already. That doesn't change the fact that it is still a relatively easy path. If they can just take care of their own business, they should be fine. If Minnesota gives them another opportunity here or there, they should be fine. Here are the scenarios for the rest of the season. The Nuggets have three more games. The Wolves have four. They are playing right now against the Houston Rockets. They are up 16 about like it's late in the second quarter. I do not expect them to win. But here's how this goes. If the Nuggets go 3-0, and in their final three games, they are in the playoffs. They're out of the plan. If the Nuggets are two and one in their final three games, the Nuggets are in. The, the Wolves are in the plan. If the Nuggets go one and two in these next three games, the Spurs, the Grizzlies, the Lakers, all at home, if they go one and two in those games, the Wolves have to go four and oh in order to outpace the Nuggets. If they go 3-1 and one or worse, 
The Nuggets are in. The Wolves are in the playoffs. If the Nuggets go 0-3 in those three home games, the Wolves would still have to go 3-1 in order to get into the play-in. If they go 2-2 or worse, the Wolves are in the play-in. All that being said, the Nuggets have their destiny. It, It is firmly in their grasp. It is not something that they don't control. If they take care of their own business, they will be fine. If they don't take care of business, they will probably need some help. And that's how it's got to be. Like, let's be honest. The Nuggets, they need to take some responsibility in these last three games. I'm glad that they were able to deliver it on Sunday today against the Lakers. But that is against a bad basketball team. Let's face it, the Lakers are bad. The Spurs are not good. They have like a two-game lead on the Lakers in the standings. I think they're more functional than the Lakers are. They're less talented, but they are more functional. And so the Nuggets will be tested in a game where the Spurs need it. They need to stay in front of the LA Lakers in order to advance. Right now, the Spurs are playing against the Portland Trailblazers, and they are losing by eight in a game where Portland desperately does not want to win. So the Spurs are not a good team. They're not, but they might be desperate. So Denver will need to be functional over the course of these next three games. They'll need to be functional against the Memphis Grizzlies, who I don't necessarily consider, like I do not think that the Grizzlies are going to go super hard for that game. Like I think they are perfectly fine with the Nuggets in the five or the six seed. Not going to be a big deal for them either way. But the Nuggets in that position, because uh, right now they are, they're in fifth. And if the if the Grizzlies win, then they could be dragging the Nuggets closer to them in the play-in. And I'm not sure they really want to face Nikola Jokic. I think they'd rather face Carl Anthony Towns and the Minnesota Timberwolves, or the Clippers, or the Pelicans, or the Spurs, or even the Lakers, whoever. They'd probably rather face the Jazz. So if it's the Jazz that falter, you want the Nuggets in sixth, Minnesota in fifth, and the Jazz in seventh, or like Nuggets fifth, T-Wolves sixth. Either way, I do think the Nuggets are in this position, and I think that they are going to be okay. Best case scenario is that the Rockets come back and they beat the T-Wolves over the course of the next hour or so. If that doesn't happen, the more likely thing, of course, is that the T-Wolves continue to win against some pretty bad teams, and they force the Nuggets to do the same, which, oh well. If the Nuggets are forced to play good basketball and to get themselves into a good rhythm, I am not going to be mad. The Nuggets have to start playing better basketball if they want a chance to advance in the playoffs. I've almost sort of written off their chances of advancing in the playoffs because of how bad they've been. But they do have Nikola Jokic, and they do have guys that are capable of bouncing back. Will Barton showed it today. Monte Morris has shown that he can be at a very high level as a perimeter playmaker. Bones Highland has shown that he can get to that level. Austin Rivers has shown that he can win a playoff game by himself. There are a lot of guys for Denver that can produce. 
we're going to have to see how that goes. I want to point out that Denver is currently 47-32. and 32. They are one game away, one win away, from crossing the over-under set for them by Las Vegas in last summer, last fall. I bet the Nuggets to go over their 47.5 win projection. I also made some other bets that I'm not going to make public right now that could potentially cash if certain things happen in relation to the MVP race and also the most improved player race, which I don't, I don't think Michael Porter's winning that race. So, so I'm probably losing that money for sure. Um, but the fact that Denver is at their position where they could get over their projected win total when Porter has played nine games and Murray has played zero, it's a really, really, really strong case for MVP on top of all the the numbers, on top of the incredible on-court statistics for Denver, on top of the case that he's had that he's just been without some of his best help and has still dragged Denver to the place where they need to be. Denver is 47-32. and 32. Milwaukee lost today to Luka, who looked fantastic. Uh, Milwaukee is 48-30, and 30, just a game and a half up on Denver. And Philly's 47 and 30. They're currently in a dogfight with Cleveland. Uh, they're tied 89-89 with seven minutes to go in that one. I would expect Philly to win because Joel Embiid will come back into the game and probably get some free throws. But I do think that if Cleveland wins that game, Joel Embiid is out of the play or of the MVP race. That would be my guess. Giannis has made a real run in the MVP race over the course of this last week. He's had some massive, massive performances and credit to him for being an absolute animal over the course of these last few games. But Jokic has been that way all season. He has been dominant and impactful and probably the most impactful player over the course of the entire, for him, 79-game season. He's been on the court. He's been just delivering on a consistent basis. And when the team has needed him most, he has stepped up his game to the point where the MVP odds have drastically shifted towards Nikola Jokic. I think BetMGM has him at minus 250 to win. I think FanDuel has him at minus 240. Those are some pretty significant numbers. Obviously affected by the MVP straw poll that was conducted by Tim Bontemps a week ago or so. But more than anything, it's because voters have caught up to the fact that Jokic has been doing this all year at a historic level. It's been spectacular. So hopefully that continues. Hopefully everybody continues to trend that direction because I think he deserves it. I absolutely do. Finally, Jamal Murray might be back on Tuesday. I know Woj said that it's unlikely that he plays the rest of the regular season. I would also say that. I I say it's unlikely that he plays on Tuesday. I'd say it's unlikely that he plays on Thursday and that it's unlikely that he plays on Sunday. But I and others have heard that it is possible that he tries to make a return on Tuesday and that Denver is keeping the door open, that Murray is keeping the door open because he is relatively closer than people think. So we're just going to have to see what that means. And 
It's three more games left in the regular season. I'm not sure how much of an impact he can actually make, but it would be nice to see him come back. It would be nice to see him play with the team, even if it changes up rotations, even if it does some crazy things. Maybe you sit Bones Highland for a game, or maybe you sit Austin Rivers for a game. Give them a break. Maybe sit Will Barton for a game. Move Austin Rivers into the starting lineup and play Bones and and Murray together off the bench. Just for like 10 to 15 minutes. Nothing crazy. But he gives it a go. See how he does. And if he feels good, he can start that ramp-up process of ramping up his minutes within the playoffs. We'll see whether that ultimately happens. But I am very curious to see what he looks like. He didn't necessarily look like he was fully ready to go when I watched him on Friday night, but he was making some good moves and making some good progress. So whether that ultimately manifests in him coming back this year, or if it's just a good propping off point for next year, I don't really care. Like, actually, no, I do care. I would like to see him back because I think it helps everybody involved. If he's available to come back, then he does come back. I think it's a good sign that he's a part of the team and a part of everything, if that ultimately happens. But again, nobody really knows. Even Woj's report was ambiguous. It's not like it's just the Nuggets reporters. It's it's everybody. Nobody really knows. So if it does happen, then I'd be very excited to see where Denver goes from here. That'll do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate the love and support, as always. I will be back uh, maybe tomorrow. I'll just I'll have to see on the schedule. I uh, do probably have to just check in and see. Like, if there's news, then great. Then I'll probably be back. If not, then I'll, I might wait until the following game. Either way. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I'll talk to you guys very soon.